Hello, I'm Taj, digitally known as Tropic Vibes, the host of Nifty Business, where we highlight NFTs and explore Web 3.0 as we move from pure speculation to creating real-world value. Today, I was just thinking about the NFT space, and I put out a tweet that really sparked this episode. I'm having so much fun with all of this stuff that it's almost like I feel guilty for the amount of fun that I'm having. I mean, what did I really do to deserve this much fun? And it might sound like this is an over-exaggeration, that it really isn't that serious, but it definitely is. And honestly, even if I could never sell an NFT ever again, like there was some way that it was locked and it could not be sold, I would still actually purchase And that might seem like an absolutely crazy statement thinking like, why on earth would you possibly buy an NFT that you could not resell? And I'll actually say that not only do we regularly buy things that we cannot resell, but there was actually an NFT that I did purchase that could absolutely not be resold. The way the code was actually written, it was something that could only be burned. It could not be transferred. And this in particular was on the Wax blockchain. It was the Blockchain Heroes. We had this uh, game that we were uh, involved in. It was a burn game game where there were specific cards that you could actually burn for different points. And depending which team that you were on, that was the Allegiance NFT that you ended up buying. And you could not change, well, you could change your Allegiance, but you'd have to burn that NFT. You could not transfer it to anyone. And literally, you're buying this thing to pick a team. And based on how the gameplay went when you're burning various cards and getting different points, which team won, it was all based, it was a weighted based on how many people are playing on that team. There were different prizes and different levels and all sorts of things. However, the actual allegiance badge could not be transferred. But usually that is not the case. So if it's not written into the code, would I still do that? Yes, absolutely. There's countless NFTs that I would still purchase if I very well knew that there was no chance of me ever reselling it and I could not make a profit off of it. And again, that might seem like a crazy thing. However, this is something that we do on a very regular basis. If you listen to episode number 92, when I compared an NFT to a Super Bowl ticket, and in a lot of cases, I'm not going to go through all the things that I covered in that, but there is a limited number of seating, there's different values as to where you're seated and all sorts of different things, which just pairs up beautifully with an NFT. If you really want to dive into that, listen to episode number 92, and I really just go on in depth about that. But the reason why I'm bringing that up is if you attend a football game, in particular the Super Bowl, you spend a lot of money on that. After that game is enjoyed, there is absolutely nothing that you can do to recoup your money. It's not like you can uh, sell this uh, experience back or trade it in for a a better experience for the following Super Bowl or anything like that. No, that event has been passed. And when you think about it, all the time people go on a night on the town, whether it be for dinner and the movies, drinking, partying, whatever it might be, a lot of money is spent or burnt. It cannot be resold or repackaged into the following weekend. You know, there's no regaining that money in any kind of way. And there's countless of experiences that we actually pay for that has the same thing. It has no real return on value. And I understand that someone might say, well, if I went out on a night out of town and I happen to run into my future a business partner or I I struck up a deal at a bar or something like that, that has a return on investment. Okay, yes, sure. Golfing and all that stuff, you might strike up a business deal, but that is really uh, one in a million. That is not the average case of anyone going out, yet people still do it. They go out, uh, some people every night, some people once a week, whatever it might be, and there is no other goal other than the experience, enjoying themselves for that time. 
And another example of that is a wedding day. My best friend, when he got married, he was married uh, at town hall. I remember he he didn't even spend money on clothes. He literally uh, came home from uh, Iraq. He was stationed over there and on his leave, they just decided to literally just get married on the fly and he borrowed a shirt from me and it, it was just crazy. Literally no money spent. I don't even think a ring or anything was purchased. They used everything that they already had. The most expensive thing was the actual marriage license from New York State, which is absolutely crazy when you think about it, right? However, my other friend that I grew up with (laughs) ended up having this massive wedding that was the minimum for that place, I believe, was something like $30,000 or $40,000, and you have to reserve it a year in advance, and that's just the starting price. Nothing was included. That was just get to get your foot into the door. And once you added all that other stuff, I don't even know what the total bill was for. However, The same exact experience, but the huge price gap difference, right? So people are willing to spend money on things that they cannot recoup. Nobody buys a Corvette or another car, sports car, rides it around, has a jolly good time with it. And then uh, when it comes to that time, knowing that as they drive it off the lot, it is depreciating, they're losing money on that. It's not like they're getting to uh, recoup this cost or recoup the money, uh, make a profit when they try to either sell it or trade it in or anything like that. The same thing with a lot of people even going to the extreme with our degrees, right? How many people went to college, spent, let's say, $100,000 and ends up in a completely different field, never using their degree whatsoever? They might have went to school for marketing management, communications, criminal justice. And those are the ones that I know personally, including myself, marketing management, uh, that never actually used that degree. Yes, I'm in business and I ended up doing marketing and all those different things. But generally speaking, nothing that I've ever done in business was taught to me in a classroom. And so many people that I know, my friends that went to school for those other degrees as well, do not directly use that degree. So who actually says, you know what, I'm going to write my university and I want a refund or I'm going to try to sell my degree to get a profit. Like Nobody does that. We had that experience. We went to college. Some of us finished. Some of us did not finish. But that actual experience was probably more important than the 10, 50, 100, 200, whatever thousand dollar worth of tuition was spent. And for the most part, I'm not saying everyone, because especially if you have student loans and all sorts of things, you probably do regret it. But the vast majority of people enjoy that experience far more than the cost of the actual education, the tuition, which would, uh, you can learn the exact same things on iTunes. You know, uh, a lot of uh, Ivy League schools put all their lectures on the internet. You can listen to them. So you can get that education for absolutely free. But it's really not about the education. I'm going to actually speak about the reason why I would do that with the NFT space, spend this money very well knowing that I could not resell it. The first example I will give is just fun. The example I gave with that blockchain heroes were in that game. You know, you could not change your allegiance without burning that NFT. You could not transfer it to someone or give it to a friend or anything because it was locked into the code. However, that game, the points and everything competing with the other team was so much fun that it really did not matter. I was paying for that fun, like going to the arcade, right? Just putting in a quarter. Nobody puts in that quarter and tries to flip it, right? So in that case, uh, the experience 
experience of that game, but it's not just that game, the fun that I'm having in the space in general, speaking to different people, having conversations that I, I, I could not have offline in my day to day, or just discovering this new stuff and having it an exciting time. It is just so much fun to me. At the core of me, I'm an explorer. I love trying new things. I love testing. I love breaking. I love fixing, problem solving, and uh, creativity, art, music. I mean, everything really comes together so beautifully in this NFT space, this Web3. And honestly, I'm having the time of my life, whether or not any of this stuff ever sells, just coming into this space, I'm having so much fun. Another benefit that comes from it is all the different people that I'm actually meeting. There are so many people that are in different industries and in different fields, whether it be professionals with therapists, and there's coaches to athletes, there's artists, there are refugees from war-torn countries, there are oppressed women, there are people of privilege, there's celebrities, there are uh, prisoners. I mean, so many people that I could possibly think of that are in this space that have interacted with either a clubhouse room, a Twitter space, or just a thread going back and forth, a conversation on Twitter. So many different people that I've come in contact with that I would never cross paths with in a, a normal uh, lifetime because these people are all over the world and they have uh, converged down into this NFT community and we're crossing paths and it's just a beautiful thing. I go to a online conference or a summit or in a room. It's opening so many doors for me to collaborate with different people, even uh, just reaching out to someone, uh, appreciating the content that they're putting out, opens up a conversation about uh, various podcasting and interviewing guests. And before you know it, we're having a conversation that was like, wow, I had no idea that you're even into those kind of things. And now we're having a great conversation. And it all started because of our interest initially in NFTs. So there's just so much intangibles, so many things that cannot be measured. And uh, the, the ROI, if you will, is not necessarily in dollars. And this is just an experience that is just second to none so far. And honestly, this is the most fun I've been having, the most connections and, and crossing paths and creativity and everything since like YouTube. You know, YouTube came on when it was my freshman year in college or my sophomore year in college and all this creativity and all these people came online. And honestly, this is the biggest thing since them, in my opinion. Uh, and in addition to coming across these different people, I have expanded my vocabulary so much since speaking to uh, various people in different communities, different uh, socioeconomic backgrounds and cultures and all sorts of different things. And one word in particular that I actually looked up today was the word serendipity, because I've heard it, Brian Fanzo, Eric Sue, and a couple other people, when I hear them in their content, whether it be in a uh, Twitter space or a clubhouse room or on their podcast or whatever. And they're saying this word serendipity, which the first time I heard it, I'm thinking, okay, well, whatever. Maybe that's just that particular person's word. Then I kept hearing it. So today for the very first time, I actually looked it up in a dictionary. I sort of had it within the context clues, but definitely uh, it means just uh, something that's very cool. It is a noun at the faculty of phenomenon of finding valuable or agreeable things not sought for. So it's really, we're coming into the space not really expecting all of this stuff and the serendipity of discovering this stuff like that. Wow, that aha, that light moment. So it's like, wow, now I have this new word that I know what it means. And uh, for someone who literally got two thirds of my SAT scores from the math section, um, learning new words and expanding vocabulary has something that I have been doing since I left school because I've been reading a lot more. However, I can guarantee you that if this NFT space in Twitter 
Twitter spaces and all these different things uh, was alive and well when I was leaving high school, I probably would have got those 60 extra points I needed on my SAT score to actually get a $40,000 grant, right? So, you know, this whole space is uh, just expanding so much culturally and just mentally with the words and just the experiences and understanding where a person comes from. It's just a really cool space, just learning and crossing paths and just mixing so many things. It's just great. And of course, another thing that I'm going to go to is actually nostalgia. Today, I found myself in a Discord for a project that it's getting ready to mint and what have you, and I was researching it, but I stumbled on a board, or I I say a board, I'm still in 1990, I guess. I stumbled on a channel in the Discord server, and it was all about 90s TV shows, and I'm telling you, it's like, I just lit up. It lit, it brought me back to my childhood. I'm an 86 baby. However, I grew up in the 90s. I was watching Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, Martin, and all those 90s shows and 90s movies and uh, cheesy songs and boy bands and girl bands and all that stuff was coming out. And I remember that. That's what I grew up on. And going into this and seeing Rocco's Modern Life and uh, Doug and all these cartoons, Recess and everything, it just brought me back to my childhood that was just, it was just amazing, right? And it would not have happened if I didn't stumble onto this. And yes, okay, that could have happened if I uh, went on some 1990s uh, Facebook page or Twitter page or something like that or Instagram or something. However, I came into this project because I wanted to see what these founders were about. They were having a space and I just wanted to interact with them, see what the community is like, see what kind of vibes are in there. And when I stumbled on this, it just gave me the biggest smile in the world. And again, this is not something that I was looking for. I just stumbled upon it and it was just so amazing. How much is a smile actually worth? Can you put a dollar figure on that? I don't know. I know I can't. So just being able to have a good time, uh, bring back all those memories, and it just flooded my mind with all these positive thoughts and just running around with my friends on summer days and climbing trees and uh, jumping off of merry-go-rounds and slides and swings and all sorts of things that it really cannot be quantified what it is that could bring all of those things in. And does someone have to spend money to uh, have that experience of nostalgia? No, they don't. However, when you have the NFT, you're in the community, you're interacting with these people and whatever perks that does come with it, a lot of the time it is just invaluable. And just as a night out on the town or whatever it might be, that social outing, that experience, it comes with these NFTs. Another thing that I touched on was like the whole smile aspect. Let's go back over to Wax. I have this NFT from the Garbage Pail Kids, uh, Garbage Pale Kids series, and it's called Burn Ventures. I don't know if you remember this. During uh, the beginning of this year, there was this meme that was going around with Bernie Sanders, the, the politician. He was, I believe it was Inauguration Day, and he's sitting on this folding chair with a, a blanket, and he's, you know, <laughs> there outside. Well, there have been so many different memes, so many different things that were associated with that photo. And one NFT that I ended up buying from uh, that, which was just a couple dollars, I think it was like three or four dollars, very cheap. And 
in the background of this particular NFT, it was an alien invasion, an alien attack. I'll actually I put the link to it in the show notes so you can actually see it because uh, describing it doesn't really do the justice unless you see it. But if you look in the show notes, I'm going to leave a link to that photo. And to me, it was just absolutely hilarious to see him sitting here with his blanket just as he was on inauguration day with an alien attack in the background. And honestly, every time I see that photo, I just laugh. So that three, four dollars, sure, somebody will say, well, that's really nothing. So that doesn't count. But it really doesn't matter on the dollar figure. That enjoyment, that joy, that funny picture to me was worth something because Originally, as I said uh, on quite a few episodes, if you've been following me, I came into the space on the Wax blockchain, not thinking about resale values or anything. It's because it brought me back to uh, the 90s when Pokemon cards came out and I was collecting Pokemon, uh, Pokemon cards. And when I understood how the blockchain worked for digital collectibles, I said, wow, this is something I can latch onto. And then it just opened up the whole door of everything, other blockchains, PFPs, and Discord and uh, utility and all sorts of things, which I had no clue what I was really getting into. I just knew I I saw some cool collectibles that I wanted to collect, trade, swap, and build a collection on Wax. And I came into the space literally with $20. And then since then, I just fell down that rabbit hole and I just keep finding it goes deeper and deeper and deeper. So going back to the whole thing, the original premise of everything that I said, would I buy NFTs if there was no chance of trying to resell it, trying to make money or anything? Yes, absolutely. I've been having the time of my life and I keep discovering different things in the space, different people and everything. And it really has nothing to do with the resale. What is going on in this space and the people that are in this space is just absolutely amazing. And I can't even imagine where it is going to be in 10 years. The things that have happened over the last three to six months have blown my mind. So to think of where it's going to be in 10 years, I have a pretty crazy imagination, but even I can't even try to predict where this is going because we really haven't even started building yet. We have just scratched the surface and who knows, this thing could literally end up powering a rocket ship that goes to the moon, an NFT that's taking us to the physical moon. Who knows where this is going to go? So hopefully you don't think I'm crazy for thinking that, you know, I would definitely buy NFTs even if I couldn't resell it. And I would love to know, are there any NFTs right now that you currently own that even if you knew that there was zero possibility of ever selling it, would you have still purchased it? If that is the case, I would love for you to share it to me on Twitter at Tropic Vibes. Just tag me in it. And if you care to even put the photo up or the link to it, whatever it is, so I could check it out. I'm willing to bet that there are other people out there that have had such an amazing time in this space, the connections and everything that they have made, that I'm not the only one that would say I would have made the purchase even if I could never sell it. But as usual, I want to thank you for taking the time to listening to this episode and I look forward to us building and growing Web3 together. So I will see you in the next one. Later. The Nifty Business Show is not investment advice. It provides insights and information within the space. As with anything, please do your own research before making a decision whether you're making an investment or a purchase.